Time marches on and leaves behind those who are not equipped for tomorrow. We cannot predict what will happen in the future, but we at Regent University aim to prepare you for it. With world-class professors in over 150 programs, the opportunities to find success in your field are many. So don't let tomorrow pass you by. The journey to your brightest future begins here. Visit regent.edu slash learn more. Today on Ring of Truth with Pastor Dan Sexton. First, they will look to Jesus, and then they will mourn for their sins. And that's a picture of true repentance. You turn to Jesus who was pierced for you, and then you mourn for your sins. Remember the Sermon on the Mount, blessed are those who mourn, right? There's sorrow. There's a grieving over your sin. When you truly repent, there's a sorrow. If you've ever been on the receiving end of an insincere apology, you know how worthless it is. Just saying the words, I'm sorry, doesn't indicate any heart change has taken place. True repentance doesn't come from the words you say, it comes from the posture of your heart. Today, Pastor Dan looks at the book of Zechariah and what it looks like when a nation experiences true repentance. A half-hearted apology leaves you feeling no different. But after true repentance, you will never be the same again. Now here's Pastor Dan in the book of Zechariah chapter 12 for today's edition of Ring of Truth. The Lord says again in verse 4, I will open my eyes on the house of Judah. In other words, God's eyes will be on Judah, on Israel, on Jerusalem, and the Jewish people. And God will supernaturally protect his people here as he describes, you know, striking the horses with blindness and the riders with fear or panic. And the governors of Judah shall say in their heart, the inhabitants of Jerusalem are my strength. And the Lord of hosts, their God, the the Jewish people will fight for the sake of Jerusalem. Even today, uh, if you go to Israel, you'll hear Jewish people say, never again, never again will we let Jerusalem fall. Many Israeli soldiers, when they enlist in the military, uh, they will make their oath at a place called Masada, which was the last stand for the Jewish people against the Romans. And never again, never again will we let Israel fall. Never again will we let Jerusalem fall. He says in verse 6, In that day I will make the governors of Judah, the leaders, like a fire pan in the woodpile, and like a fiery torch in the sheaves. They shall devour all the surrounding peoples on the right hand and on the left, but Jerusalem shall be inhabited again in her own place Jerusalem. And that day, God will supernaturally empower the leaders of Judah for battle. The governors will be like a, a fire pan placed in a woodpile, like a torch set on dried sheaves of wheat. 
They shall devour all the surrounding peoples. Jerusalem shall be inhabited by the Jewish people. Jerusalem will remain. It will not fall. It will remain in its place. It will not be leveled like it was by the Babylonians, like it was by the Romans. And the Lord will save the tents of Judah first so that the glory of the house of David and the glory of the inhabitants of Jerusalem shall not become greater than that of Judah. Now, this could have a couple possible meanings here. It could mean that God will deliver the the defenseless people living kind of out in the country before delivering the well-fortified capital city of Jerusalem demonstrating that the war was not won by military might or power or strategy, but it was a miracle of God. Another possibility could be that the people of Judah will flee to Basra in modern-day Jordan and will take refuge there in modern-day Jordan, most likely, or it's believed most likely, in the city of Petra. Where does that come from? Well, Matthew chapter 24 Matthew chapter 24, if you're taking notes, verses 15 to 22. There, Jesus is talking about the seven-year tribulation period. And he says, therefore, when you see the abomination of desolation spoken of by Daniel the prophet, standing in the holy place, whoever reads, let him understand. Then let those who are in Judea, Judah, flee to the mountains. Let him who is on the housetop not go down to take anything out of the house and let him who is in the field not go back to get his clothes. But woe to those who are pregnant and to those who are nursing babies in those days. And I pray that your flight may not be in winter or on the Sabbath for then there will be great tribulation such as not been since the beginning of the world until this time no nor ever shall be. There he says when you see the abomination of desolation in the midpoint of the tribulation period, Those living in Judea should flee to the mountains. And many believe they're going to flee to the mountains of Jordan, to the city of Basra or the area of Basra, possibly in the ancient city of Petra. If you're taking notes, Isaiah 63, when it describes Jesus Christ coming back, he comes first to Edom. He comes first to the area of Jordan before he comes to Jerusalem. Isaiah 63, verse 1, who is this who comes from Edom with dyed garments from Basra? This one who is glorious in his apparel, traveling in the greatness of his strength. And it goes on to describe there Jesus Christ coming back. So when Jesus comes back, he's going to go to Edom first because the Jews will be hiding there in Basra. He's going to rescue them. Then he goes up to Jerusalem. So this could be referring to that here in verse 7. The Lord will save the tents of Judah first, possibly meaning he's going to go to Edom first and Basra to rescue the Jews that are taking refuge there, then come up to Jerusalem. In that day, the Lord will defend the inhabitants of Jerusalem. The Lord will defend them. The one who is feeble among them in that day shall be like David and the house of David shall be like God, like the angel of the Lord before them. The Lord will supernaturally defend the inhabitants of Jerusalem. The weakest among them will be like David, the giant killer. And the house of David will be like God, like the angel of the Lord. Remember the angel of the Lord wiped out 185,000 Assyrian troops in one night. And Isaiah 37, 
And so God will defend them. God will uh, supernaturally empower them and give them victory. And it shall be in that day that I will seek to destroy all the nations that come against Jerusalem. God will destroy all the nations that come against Jerusalem. And then look what it says. So you've got this tribulation period that we talked about. You've got this battle of Armageddon where all of the nations of the world come against Israel and Jerusalem and the Jewish people. And God intervenes supernaturally, giving them victories. And then God will seek to destroy all the nations that come against Jerusalem. And then verse 10, and I will pour at that point, I will pour on the house of David on the house of David and on the inhabitants of Jerusalem, the spirit of grace and supplication. And then look what it says in your Bible. They will look on me whom they pierced. Yes, that's right. (laughs) They will mourn for him as one mourns for his only son and grieve for him as one grieves for a firstborn. And so God will pour out strength and might upon the Jewish people, but he will also pour out his spirit of grace and supplication on the Jewish people. And once God pours out his spirit of grace and supplication upon Israel at that point, then they will look upon me whom they pierced, or more accurately, they will look to me whom they pierced. This is the Lord God speaking. When did the Jewish people pierce the Lord? When they crucified Jesus Christ. During the tribulation, when Israel is under attack by all the nations of the earth, God will pour out his spirit on the Jewish people, and they will finally turn to Jesus Christ whom they pierced. Whom they crucified, they will turn to the Lord whom they pierced. One of the purposes of the tribulation period is to cause the Jewish people to finally turn to Jesus Christ and receive him as their Messiah and Lord. It will take this tribulation to cause the Jewish people to turn to Jesus Christ to save them. And so they will turn to Jesus Christ in repentance and mourning, they will realize that Jesus is their Messiah, and they will mourn, look at verse 10, as one mourns for his only child and grieves for his firstborn. The Bible says the firstborn is the beginning of your strength. And so first they will look to Jesus, and then they will mourn for their sins. And that's a picture of true repentance. You turn to Jesus who was pierced for you, and then you mourn for your sins. Remember the Sermon on the Mount, blessed are those who mourn, right? There's sorrow. There's a grieving over your sin. When you truly repent, there's a sorrow that's involved, a mourning that leads to repentance. We'll return to Pastor Dan's message in just a moment. First, Pastor Dan would like to tell you about the new Calvary Chapel Ellicott City app. 
We recently launched an app for our church, and we're really excited about it. It's designed to keep you connected to our radio ministry, Ring of Truth, as well as to our church, Calvary Chapel. And get this, we have over 1,200 sermons on the app. The app is super convenient, it's easy to use, and allows you to listen to Bible studies anytime, anywhere. So download the app right now, search for Calvary Chapel, Ellicott City in your app store, or just follow the links on our website at calvaryec.com. What a great way to stay connected to Scripture. Now, back to today's message on Ring of Truth. And in that day, verse 11, he goes on to describe this morning, there shall be a great mourning in Jerusalem. Like the morning at Hadad Rimon and the plain of Megiddo. This is a reference to the mourning of the nation for the death of King Josiah, who was killed in Megiddo in battle. The whole nation mourned because he was a great king that the people loved. And the whole, there was national mourning that took place in Israel. And he says here, the whole nation's going to mourn once they look to Jesus Christ and realize that he's their Messiah. And they pierced him. They crucified him. And the land shall mourn every family by itself. So there's going to be national mourning and there's going to be individual mourning among the Jewish people. The family of the house of David by itself and their wives by themselves. The family of the house of Nathan by itself and their wives by themselves. And the family of the house of Levi by itself and their wives by themselves. The family of Shimei by itself and their wives by themselves. All the families that remain, every family by itself and their wives by themselves. Now, now David is mentioned here. David represents the royal family. Nathan represents the prophets. Levi and Shimei the priests. And so all of the leadership of the nation will be mourning as well as individuals in the nation. The nation will be mourning corporately. And the Jewish people will be mourning individually. There will be a deep grief and sorrow among all the Jewish people once they realize Jesus is their Messiah and they have pierced him instead of receiving him. And they continued to reject him for 2,000 years and counting. And they will also mourn and grieve over all that they went through as a people For 2,000 years because they rejected him. All of the suffering. They could have avoided. If they would have received him when he came. If you have not received Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. Don't put it off any longer. Don't put it off any longer. He wants to forgive you of your sins. He wants to cleanse you. He wants to make all things new for you. Don't put it off. I came to know Jesus Christ as my Savior when I was in my mid-twenties, and I wish I would have known him at a much younger age. It would have saved me a lot of heartache and a lot of bad decisions that I regret. So don't put it off. If you haven't put your faith in Jesus Christ, if you haven't surrendered fully to him, don't put it off. Receive him as your Lord and Savior You know, there's a great verse in Acts chapter 3 that says, Repent, therefore, and be converted, that your sins may be blotted out, so that times of refreshing may come from the presence of the Lord. When you repent and put your faith in Jesus Christ, your sins are all blotted out. Everything you've ever done wrong 
It's all blotted out. It's all erased from the record. And times of refreshing come into your life from the presence of the Lord. So don't put that off. And so here in chapter 12, we see that during the tribulation period, the Jewish people will finally look to Jesus. They'll finally turn to Jesus Christ and receive him as Messiah. And then Jesus will come back as a result of that. Now turn with me over to Hosea chapter 5. There's a wonderful verse here in Hosea chapter 5, verse 15, the last verse of the chapter. Here the Lord says, this is the Lord speaking, and the Lord says, I will return again to my place until they acknowledge their offense. Then they will seek my face. In their affliction, they will earnestly seek me. Here the Lord says, I will again return to my place. Now, before you can return to a place, you have to first leave it, right? And here the Lord says he will return again to his place. Well, the Lord's place is heaven. When did God ever leave heaven? In the incarnation. God left heaven and came to the earth and became a man, dwelt among us in the person of Jesus Christ, and he offered himself as a sacrifice for our sins. And after his death on the cross and resurrection, Jesus ascended back to heaven. He went back to his place. And the Lord says he will stay in his place in heaven until they, the Jewish people, acknowledge their offense, referring to the Jewish people, until they acknowledge their offense, it's singular, it's speaking of one specific offense, the Jewish people committed against the Lord God, and what was that offense? They rejected Jesus as their Messiah when he came. That's what we've been talking about with the Gospel of Matthew. The Jewish people, when he came, they rejected Jesus Christ as their Messiah, and so God says here, I'm going to return again to my place until they acknowledge their offense. Then they will seek my face. In their affliction, they will earnestly seek me. Once the Jewish people acknowledge their offense, they confess Jesus as their Messiah and seek his face in their affliction. That's what we've been talking about here in chapter 12. This time of tribulation, it's called the time of Jacob's trouble. This war that's going to come where all the nations of the earth will gather against Jerusalem. Once they seek his face in their affliction, then Jesus will leave his place again in heaven and return to the earth in great power and glory. Are you with me? Now turn with me over to Matthew 23. This is when Jesus laments Over Jerusalem, Matthew chapter 23, verse 37, Jesus says, Oh, Jerusalem, Jerusalem. Remember, Zechariah 12 is all about this battle that's going to take place around Jerusalem. He says, Oh, Jerusalem, Jerusalem, the one who kills the prophets and stones those who are sent to her. How often I wanted to gather your children together as a hen gathers her chicks under her wings but you were not willing. I just wanted to protect you and provide for you and care for you and nurture you, but you weren't willing. You wouldn't let me do it. That's all that Jesus wants to do for you. Forgive your sins, provide for you, protect you, care for you, love you. If you're willing, 
Jerusalem wasn't willing. And then he says, see, your house is left to you desolate. For I say to you, now watch verse 39, you shall see me no more until you say, blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. The Jewish people were instructed to greet the Messiah when he comes with this saying. When the Messiah comes, they shall say to him, blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. And here Jesus says to that city of Jerusalem, you will not see me again. I'm going to return back to my place, Hosea chapter 5, verse 15. And I'm going to stay there until you say to me, blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Until you acknowledge me as your Messiah. Then I'll come back. And the moment they do, He's going to come back and rescue them. It's just like with us. He's just waiting for us to turn to him in repentance. And the moment we do, it's instant with him. It's automatic. He forgives our sins. He cleanses of all of our unrighteousness. He comes into our life. The times of refreshing begin to come from the presence of the Lord. But he's just kind of waiting for us to turn to him. He's waiting for the Jewish people to turn to him. And say, blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord to him. And acknowledge him as their Messiah. And and when they do that, he'll come back and rescue Jerusalem and Israel and the Jewish people. Now, this explains, listen, this explains why Satan wants to exterminate the Jewish people from the earth. And why he has tried throughout history to exterminate the Jewish people and will attempt again during the tribulation period to exterminate the Jewish people because the word of God says Jesus will not return before the Jewish people look to him as Messiah. And so Satan tried and will try again to exterminate the Jews before they acknowledge Jesus as Messiah to prevent Jesus from coming back. But Satan, of course, will not succeed. And the Jewish people will look to Jesus Christ. And seek him with all of their heart. And Jesus will come back to save them. And as Paul writes in Romans chapter 11, then all Israel will be saved. When? When Jesus comes back in Armageddon and rescues them and saves them. And then Jesus will rule as King of kings and Lord of lords over all the earth. Amen. Lord, we thank you for your word. We thank you for this chapter. Jesus, we thank you for how your word just fits together. And it's just this, it's an integrated book, Lord. We thank you for that. And we thank you, Jesus, that you're, you're coming back one day and you're going to rescue your people. You're going to rescue Jerusalem. You're going to rescue Israel. And you're going to establish your kingdom here on the earth, Lord. And Lord, we... We see things already moving that direction in some ways. We see these things already beginning to take place. And you tell us in your word, when we see these things, we should look up because our redemption draws near. And so, Lord, we're looking up and we're watching and we're ready for you to come for your church, for your bride, and to take us to heaven. Lord, I pray that you would find us ready when you come. And we praise you, Lord. We thank you, Lord, that that you know the end from the beginning. Lord, we thank you that you are the Alpha and the Omega. We thank you that everything is, is going according to your plan. And everything is falling into place according to your word. 
We thank you for the comfort that your word brings to us. And we pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. He asked me how I know, and I say, bring truer than the finest crystal. You've been listening to Ring of Truth with Pastor Dan Sexton. Pastor Dan has been teaching through the book of Zechariah. And he has more to share with you next time. If you have any questions or would like to talk to share a prayer request, we'd like to hear from you. You can reach us at 410-491-4592. That number again is 410-491-4592. You can also get in touch with us by visiting our website. Go to calvaryec.com and look under the About tab. Then click on Contact. Maybe you're looking for additional messages from this series. You can find them at calvaryec.com as well, under the Media tab. If you're not connected with a local church, we encourage you to find a church family that will help guide and support you in your faith. And if you're in the area, please join us at Calvary Chapel, Ellicott City in Columbia, Maryland. For more details, visit calvaryec.com. If you'd like to submit a prayer request of something that's been on your heart, you can do that on our website as well. Just look under the Prayer tab at calvaryec.com. Our website is a great place to find out what we believe and to get to know Pastor Dan a little more. Feel free to explore and learn at calvaryec.com. In our next edition, you'll have the opportunity to gain some additional insights from this Old Testament book of Zechariah. So be sure to join us again right here on Ring of Truth. I see the signs and I recognize the hands that craft and will I know because I know His voice and it only takes Lots of channels, nothing to watch, especially if you're searching for the truth. It's time to interrupt your regularly scheduled programs with something actually worth watching. Salem News Channel, straightforward, unfiltered, with in-depth insight and analysis from the greatest collection of conservative minds like Hugh Hewitt, Mike Gallagher, Sebastian Gorka, and more. Find truth. Watch 24-7 on SNC.TV and on local now, channel 525.